Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Jason, happy Tony's week. Happy Tony Award week. Yeah, it's you know, so exciting. It's so exciting. I love being in New York. I love like running around the theaters during Tony week. It's something so magical and stupid. This is going to tie in to exactly what I want to talk about. Like, But wait, sorry, we should introduce I'm, ourselves. I'm popping off. You know I know, you're Do you excited. Think? Do you think that finally after 38 episodes, I would remember we should introduce ourselves to our <laughs> listeners? Yeah, you're excited. It's okay. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Survival yes. Jobs Podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. My mm-hmm. name is Samantha Dawn Tutsalo, and this is my beautiful, amazing, talented co-host, Jason A. Coombs. Yes, I was doing, um, I was putting my curls up fancy for yeah, you. Yeah, um, <laughs> For fancy. those who can't watch, you can't watch the video. No, you're super excited. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I, excited. I started cutting the train off. Of your That's excitement, okay. but I want you to it's go in, here. jump in, tell me all about it. It's still here. So I was saying, like, you know, as a kid, I would <laughs> always get excited for the Tonys and like watch them. You know, Ben, shout out to Ben, who never listens to this podcast. We would like watch it in his <laughs> parents' living room or like whatever. Aww. I would watch it with my mom, whatever. But now being in New York, it's just the, the energy is so exciting. And sometimes I get a little jaded. You know, I'm I'm very blessed to be like involved with broadway at some level because my friends are fancy and i sometimes (laughs) forget like the roots so this weekend this past Mm -hmm. sunday i saw which way to the stage and i'm so sad it was closing night because i want to shout about it and i want everyone to run to see it especially theater children Mm -hmm. theater adults uh, any theater lover at any age it was so unbelievable here we go which way to the stage it was at mcc yes written by anna i'm not gonna butcher the last name it looks like Noguera, but I could be Thank totally you. off. Could be totally wrong, but it's N O G U I E R N O G U E I R A. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot and say Noguera, but it could be. Co- Thank you. Wrong. I would trust you yeah. more than I would trust me. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> it was such a love letter to theater kids who have grown mm. into theater adults, like. And it was a moment for me to remember, like, why do I live here? What do I do? Like, why do I go to Broadway shows? Why do I, like, act? Mm. Why do I have this podcast? We have this podcast. You know, like, why do we do these things? And this play was a reminder of, like, passion, love, like, what the root of it is. Like, why are we artists? Like, I I could cry. I was sitting next to Ben, who never listens to this podcast again. Maybe he'll listen to this one (laughs) because he knows Julie, our guest, which we'll talk about later. I was sitting next to Ben and I was like, Ben, it's us. He actually, he, so he saw it twice. So he said that to me before we went, he was like, it's us. It doesn't look like us, but it's us. Like as kids, we grew up together. You know, I'm going to tell a quick story. We, and by we, I mean, I, he did as well, but Brooklyn, the musical starting Eden Espinosa when I was 13 was my favorite Literally, I was like, this is the best musical ever. It was my favorite musical Aww. as a kid. Mm-hmm. We literally stalked. Sorry, Eden, if you're listening. <laughs> and by we, I mean I. I was obsessed. I was like such like look, looked up to her so much and literally broke into the stage door. Seriously broke into the stage door because yes, I wrote her a letter. Or I was talking to the person working the door. 
I said, please give this letter to Eden. I'm so sorry. We just broke in here. I was like, me, my mom, and Ben. And she walked down the stairs. Oh my I have God, all these Donnie. photos. I was like a kid, <laughs> like crying, like, thank you for like doing this. You're such an inspiration, blah, blah, blah. Then we grew up and like that sort of like fanness goes away in a sense, right? You still admire actors and artists for their work, but you're not so like, oh my God, you know, you just sort of like grow into it, I guess. Yeah, but this I... play, sorry, mm-hmm. the play no, brought me just... back to that child. Yeah, that I, was. I love that. I love that so much. I was, I was just going to say like, you know, I think I was the same way when you're like a young theater lover as a kid and he goes to the stage door. But I think when you yeah. get, in, when you become an adult, it's like, oh, well, these are, potential colleagues like people yeah. I want to work with so like you yeah. you view it differently um For sure. when you get older and, you, and you're yeah. still pursuing this crazy this crazy dream you're like okay those yeah. are my future collaborators I don't want to look like an insane person <laughs> yeah actually but yeah everyone I'm sorry that this is happening so late in the game and you cannot go to MCC and see it but I mm. I'm pretty sure excuse me, that this is going to Signature Theater in D.C. I'm not sure when. When it does, get your tickets, take the bus, take the train, hitchhike, do whatever you need to do. Hitchhike, yes. Hitchhike, yes. I mean, it's. I think like even non-theater lovers would appreciate it because the show is great, but anybody who's a theater kid, was a theater kid, is a theater adult, is a theater senior citizen... (laughs) a theater baby go see this because it's just such a reminder it took me to a place of like oh i forgot like how lucky i am now whether i'm a working actor or not i exist and live in the broadway world yeah (laughs) and it's just like oh my god like as a kid to to think that i would live in hell's kitchen and i walked to the theater and i walked to glass house not that I was a child knowing what Glass House was, but whatever. And, and to like live this life, it's just such a blessing. And I'm so grateful. And I think everyone should go see this play. And also shout out to Sass Goldberg, Max Jenkins, and Evan Todd, and Michelle Ventimiglia. Please come on the yes. show. Yes. <laughs> Invite them all. Let's go. I would love um. to do like I would love to do a cast episode with the four of them. Oh yeah, I'm let's do it. it. We're we're gonna make it happen. Okay, now that. that I've rambled on and talked a million miles an hour, how are you? What's new? Tell me no, everything. Sorry, I'm going to apologize to everybody because they're like mowing the lawn, some lawn outside. So you might hear I some I want to tell you I can't hear craziness. anything. Okay, good. So let's hope that's – and my hair is being crazy right now. What is going on right you're, now? Okay. Jason, <laughs> you're perfect. Um, yeah, something like that. No. Uh, no, but I, I love that. I wish I would have had – the chance to see this play um you know one of my goals after you know when things started getting better after the well we're still in the pandemic but you know after the vaccine i was like i want to see more theater like i want to i i think not that i took it for granted but it kind of ties in with what i want to say next was that you know theater because theater is very expensive you know so i feel like living in new york before the pandemic i only got to see a show like you know once or twice a year just because it is so expensive but um Going forward, I was like, I this was such a treat, such a luxury. Like, I want to see more of it. So, how can I fit that into whatever I'm budgeting? You know, because I I love theater. You know, um, but our friend Douglas Lyons posted something on Instagram. Uh, maybe it was today. I think I saw it today or yesterday, actually, um, on about the Tonys and about accessibility. And I want to just read a little bit about his post because I guess. And I'm not trying to throw shade at the Tony Awards because I have no business to be throwing shade at anybody. I'm just an aspiring actor. 
<laughs> so I'm not trying to be shady, but I guess they had just released some student tickets, student student for two fifty. <laughs> Plus a six dollars six dollar fee. I saw that too, and I was like, "That's not a student ticket. Two fifty. Two hundred and fifty dollars." I saw that, and I was like, "I don't. I didn't even have the headspace to even like have a thought about that. Like, think because typically these tickets are thousands of dollars, but so two fifty. Yes, I get it, but like, don't be like. Okay, sorry, this is not my no. moment. Take no, no. I mean, you were literally Don't be like, everything. oh, discounted tickets for students who are students and already drown- gonna. you're building yourself to be in massive amount of debt because you want an education, you want to better yourself, but come to the Tonys for $250, which probably yeah. is more money than a student makes in a month. I probably made yeah. $250 once a month at the Choices office for the month of work. Facts. The Choices, I mean, facts. Literally. Okay, take um, yeah, away. So, Sorry no, to but like he was just, be a No, psycho. I mean, you literally said everything I wanted to say. Uh because he said, you know, I'm going to read a little bit. He is, it's a great post. You should read the whole thing. But he said $250, $250 for a student rush ticket to the Tony Awards. I've been heavily reconsidering my relationship to the Broadway machine. I asked myself, who is being served? Is what's being served accessible and intriguing to the people I write for? Is the box office or critics pick the only way to measure your art? Is Broadway sustainable based on the amount of risk it takes for producers to put things up? And what kind of artistic environment is bred from the pressures of needing to recoup? For the artists on stage and the teams that make magic happen offstage. So he goes in a little bit more about this. And I just wanted to say, like, that's like, I know we always, and we tend to ask more of the artists of color this question, but like, how can we make Broadway more accessible, right? We need to figure this out. This is a problem because Broadway can't be just for rich white people. I'm sorry. Like, it can't, it has to change. And you can like be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make six plays by black writers or whatever, but like, if black audiences, who are like typically aren't the ones buying Broadway tickets, you know, like can't go see it. Then what's the point? You know, it can't be just for rich white people. So no, I just so want to true. say that. Especially when these shows aren't for the pop, the shows, I guess this is like not a valid point, but like the shows that aren't as popular, right? Like create mm-hmm. a block of tickets. If you're not selling, create a block of tickets that, you know, people who don't have 250 to just like throw to the Tonys. Yeah. Can go. Right. I remember yeah. like I when Wicked came out, I begged my mom, I'm like, I have to see this play. I have to see this play. It took us months mm-hmm. to go because like I grew up in a very middle class family. Like I my mom made sure I went to theater. I did whatever. But it wasn't yeah. like w- as a family, we could just like go. I want to say, hey, mom, I want to go to Wicked and we could go the next day. Like it was like, OK, let me like figure it out. The tickets were expensive. Yeah. And the whole family wants you to go. So that's like a $700 day. Not seven, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you, by the time you get the ticket, by the time you you go to dinner, by the time you take a cow, by Mm -hmm. the time you do this, by the time I want a playbill, not a playbill, like a program. Souvenir. Yeah. An alphabet doll. And Dr. Dillman's like horns. (laughs) Those aren't real merch merch items. I'm just really the coffee set in and I am like buzzing. Anyway. No, it's true, though. So I just I want love, to bring that thank up. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, we have to use our platform. And obviously, Douglas is using him. But there's you know, someone who's working, you know, in this uh, arena of, like, this yeah. machine to speak on that. I was like, I want to, like, spread that message a little bit. I mean, on our platform as well. And just let's figure out. And maybe someone's listening out there. Maybe some, you know, future producers listening to this somehow and can think of a way of, like, how we can make this more accessible to everybody. <laughs> um, cool. So that's what I want to say. I also want to say really quickly, 
that tickets for the Bridgeport Film Fest are on sale this week. Yes! Early bird tickets. Get your tickets, y'all. Come see me and Samantha in Bridgeport. If you live in New York City, it's literally an 80-minute train ride. If you live in Boston, it's, it's a three-hour drive. Like, if you live anywhere else, just come. It's, just uh, come. Just come see us. We're going to be on the red carpet. We have, like, over 50 short films we're screening. And yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll have more information as it goes on. It's going to be the topic probably every freaking week because it's gearing up. From hardcore. now until the end of July. <laughs> so July 22nd when we open. So when you open, right? When it's the when that festival Opening happens. night. Opening yeah. night, baby. Red carpet. So That's please right. get tickets. Come see us. It will be lots of fun. Personally, and, I cannot hmm. wait. Yeah, you're gonna be doing mad stuff. I gotta tap you in. You were tap hosting me last, in. You were hosting last year on the red carpet. We're going. You were doing Q and A's with the filmmakers. Oh my so. gosh, I would love to do. I would love to be a moderator. Yeah, you were so great at that. Thank so you. yeah, you'll see Samantha doing that again this year. Um, but yeah, let's get into our guest. Yes, yeah, speaking of Connecticut, amazing episode. Yes, speaking of Connecticut, speaking of uh, Connecticut. Julie Banco is our guest this week from Fairfield, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Jason's from Bridgeport. I am from Norwalk. They all are all like sister towns. So yeah. it's always so fun when we have someone from Connecticut on. So we're super excited. She's currently the standby. Well, we'll tell you about it in her bio, but this yeah. is a great episode. She's it so was... sweet. And also like inc- an incredible person. So well-rounded mm-hmm. and just like mega talented in so many ways and so smart and kind and we just finished talking to her and i was like julie are you superwoman i'm confused (laughs) i'm (laughs) so confused yeah it's true yeah should we do her bio yeah you want to kick it off i'll kick it off i'm gonna be looking this way so julie banco is currently marching her band out on broadway as a standby for fanny bryce and funny girl she's Mm. also performed on broadway and in touring companies of fiddler on the roof Les Mis, and Spring Awakening. Favorite regional and off-Broadway credits include Once, which she won the Wild Award for Best Actress in a Musical, The Fantastics, Our Town, Bar Mitzvah, Boy, Rags, The Golem of Havana, Spelling Bee, and more. Her debut album, Introducing Julie Benko, is available wherever music is streaming, and her newest record, Hand in Hand, will be released on Club 44 Records in August. She, she won the gold medal in Johnny Mercer Award at the American Traditions Vocal Competition and mm-hmm. has performed as a soloist with numerous symphonies. Julie is also a writer. Her first play, The District, was named a semifinalist at the Eugene O'Neill's National Theater Con- Conference. And her short film <laughs> and her first short film received accolades at many film festivals across the nation. Visit her website, www.juliebanco.com, or follow her on social media at B to discover more. Yes. Love it. Enjoy this episode, guys. Happy Tony mm. Week. Julie! Hi! Hello, Yay! Ah! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. <laughs> it caught me off guard, but how fun. Welcome to Survival Jobs of Podcast. Thank you. We're so excited to have you on today. Thank you for being here. And I do want to say we're all from Connecticut. Shout out to Connecticut. This happens to us a lot. It's sometimes intentional and sometimes not. But I wore a <laughs> Gilmore Girls shirt today. Uh, does anyone understand? Nobody understands yeah. in the group. Well, I, 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 have, oh, I don't have my keys right now, but my or they're in the other room. But I have a Luke's Diner key, <gasps> like keychain that is... Thank you. So, 
Thank you so much. <laughs> I love Gilmore Girls Obsessed. And I was like, oh, my God, they're from Connecticut, too, just like me. I know. I like, like, we have a gazebo. Like, we have a green, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. And shout out to Gilmore to say, our friend's podcast. Since we're talking about Gilmore Girls, I just want to give them a quick shout out. Find them. They're cool. Too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before we start talking about survival jobs, I really want to jump in and talk about Funny Girl. Also, it's Tony Week. Happy Tony Week. You are our Tony Week episode. Wow. Yes. What an so, honor. What an <laughs> honor. <laughs> I've seen only some of the Tony nominees because I. Well, you're busy. <laughs> that I have. Like, you're but. pretty busy, so understandable. Um, so, I just have a two part question. What is it like to be on Broadway during Tony week? Like, what is that energy like? And what is it like being Fanny Bryce's standby, working with Jane Lynch, like working with Beanie? Like, it's a, it's like crazy. So that was a lot to say. So tell us everything. Uh, gosh. Okay. So uh, working on Broadway in Tony week is, it's super exciting. I mean, I'm actually mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, I got to perform on the Tonys when I was in Fiddler um and one of the uh it was just really such a highlight of my time at fiddler that you know i was a swing in fiddler and they don't always include you know swings and understudies in tony performances and and sometimes that's just because like they pick a number that is only you know three people or whatever but um we did a big medley and the wedding dance and stuff and so i got to be on the tony's you know in the wedding scene and it just felt i just think you know, it's always so wonderful when when the covers are included in those kinds of events because, you know, we were part of the company and it just, you yeah. know, you don't get to be on stage for opening night, but you get to be, you know, to be on yeah. stage for the Tonys was like so unforgettable. And I think I have a photo of like, we were doing some teaser. They did some, that year it was Hamilton. So it was they did a big ham for ham thing in between mm. uh, commercial breaks. And so Fiddler did a little thing and like there's this screenshot of like, me next to Danny Burstein, like being like, I can't believe <laughs> that's, so that's um, so epic. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, it's just a big, it's a big old celebration, obviously, of like the theater community and mm-hmm. um, uh, and all of that. So yeah, it's just, it's just nice to see some wonderful friends and uh, you know, and and colleagues celebrated and get to perform. So that's always exciting, you know. And uh, as yeah. for being. Fanny Bryce is standby. I mean, hello. Hello. Gorgeous. Snaps, it's, snaps. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dream. I mean, it's it's one of those jobs where, like, I was like, I saw that audition come in. I was like, well, I'm not going to get that job. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I just, my agent called when I got it. And I was like, are you sure? Like, are you, <laughs> are you, are you kidding? Like, I just didn't believe him until I got to rehearsal. And um, it's, it's like, you know, I, I've said, you know, I covered in Fiddler, I covered like eight tracks. I covered five tracks oh, wow. in Spring Awakening. Like I've done a fair amount of covering. And I felt like when I got the script and score for Fanny, I was like, this is more than all of that put together. Um, yeah. You know, and so it's it was a big challenge to go, okay, how can I prepare all of this stuff when you know that as the cover, you just are not going to get the kind of you know you hope to get rehearsal but you're just gonna have to it's your job to do it on your own and so Mm -hmm. you know i was you know i was begging various friends siblings spouses i mean my (laughs) one spouse i only have one but 
<laughs> you know, to be like, you know, every night, can I buy you dinner? Can you come over and run lines with me? I'm going to move everything in, out of my living room and do whatever they worked on in rehearsal today over and over so that it's in my body, even though I know it's going to change in previews. But right. I have to be up to date in case because you just never know. And yeah. uh, so like my whole process was just I tried to be as proactive as I could about, you know, singing through the score, you know, almost every day, you know, and, and just mm -hmm. so that I, I knew that physically I could be I at least could have it in my body because, you know, ultimately it is a very body experience like you can know it intellectually yeah. and then get out there and your body yeah. has to know what to do because you're just confronted with so much new sensory information with a new costume new shoes obviously there's an audience for the first time new people that you're doing it with and you know the first time I remember the first time you know I think I did something with Rumi it was like the words just flew out of my head you know you're like looking into those eyes and you're like uh <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah can oh, I, I just that. make a little <laughs> little interjection there when you're like oh I beg like asking people to help you so, you know, when we find our guests, like we love to do our research. I'm, I live for the videos on your Instagram of your mom yes. doing lines with yeah. you. Yes, yes. I that love was that. Like, She's a like, star. All my friends, you know, people are like, I'm busy, <laughs> leave me alone, you know. And I, I was like, but my parents were like, we're happy to help anytime. <laughs> so, um, you know, we would just Zoom. And then um, I actually, like the first, I, I don't know, we were doing it. And my mom, they were just being so hilarious that I was like, I have to, I just have to, this is like gold because I mean, my yeah. mom was like born for the, born for the camera. Really. She's just got this <laughs> great time. You're choking the life out of him. Just as sure as wrapping your fingers around his neck. And my dad is a community actor, theater right? actor. Yeah. He does. He plays yeah. Scrooge every, every Christmas at Fairfield. Uh, what, what's the, what is the community theater Fairfield, called in Fairfield? Fairfield uh, Stage. Center Stage. Fairfield Center Fairfield Stage, Center Stage. Center Stage. yeah. He's new, right? Yeah, it's like a few years old. And... Shout out to Christy and Eli. Yeah, Christy and, yeah, Eli, Christy and Eli are amazing, amazing. Yeah. And they've just, uh, I mean, I've gone to see him as Scrooge now a number of times. And they do it in this, like, <laughs> immersive way where they, like, rent out. Sometimes they do it in the Old Burr Mansion. And sometimes they mm. do it in this church that's um, yeah. first church on, you know, and I, I think that's what it's called. And they, like every room is set up to be like that's scrooge's bedroom and that's scrooge's you know go to christmas present takes you into the the crotchet house and you they're eating I a real that. chicken and you smell the chicken it's like <laughs> sleep no more so immersive <laughs> you know yeah, that's, yeah. Fun. i want to go yeah so my dad my dad is president and treasurer of that community theater and he also plays scrooge every year and i think he's Right now he's gonna he's in SpongeBob. He's playing the narrator in SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. So you know he keeps busy. So he's like a thespian. So when well, I you know I was like call I was like they're always happy <laughs> to help. But when I called I was like can you dad can you help me with my lines because you know he acts. So I was like he always knows he's good about helping with memorization and yeah. And, um, and so then he was like okay so he sits down he has the script and then um my mom shows up and she's like just sitting there and he was like. <laughs> He's like, um, she asked me for help. And she was like, oh. I'm just, I can sit here. I'm just sitting here. And then before we know it, she's like, can I, can I do Mrs. Bryce? And we're like, oh. okay, fine. And then before we know it, she's like, 
I, can I play Emma? And <laughs> then before you know it, she's like starts doing my lines. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's she like, just, move over. Yeah, you understudy and understudy and exactly. Yeah, and she's she's correcting me. My dad is like, I'm going to correct her. She asked me for help. So it's it's just the two of them are this hilarious comedic duo. I love that so much. Julie, it's so funny because I, I was telling you that we did FTT together a very long time ago, back when we were young spring chickens. <laughs> right. yeah. But I also did Lear Me Project with your dad, too, so I've worked with oh, both of you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jason. I missed Laramie Project. I think I was oh. away or something. Oh, I mean, he was great. It was a great, great production. And your dad was amazing. He's such a kind and very talented human being, just like you. Oh, thanks. So, Can you remind yeah. me? Were you, mm -hmm. were you on the, I'm trying to remember your role in Juggling a Hyde. Was it, were you I was the, the Bishop of Basingstoke. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I died at the end of act one. And I remember the opening night, they, uh, I died at the end of act one. And then they uh, turned the lights on right away. They went, went to black and then they turned the lights on before I could get off the stage. And you were so still dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I had to like awkwardly like, get up and walk off the stage in front of like, the whole audience. Um, nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good, Jay. So awkward. Oh man. But good to laugh at, you know. To 10, 15 years later. <laughs> oh I loved doing that show. I had so much fun. You were fantastic, yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Oh, so let's get into Survival Jobs, the podcast officially. Um, I guess my question for you is, can you share an experience from a previous survival job that was positive that maybe impacted where you are today? Yeah, so I've had a few over the years, but I would say the most regular one that I kept coming back to is I do mm -hmm. a lot of and I still do is um, <laughs> is SAT tutoring a like or many many kinds of tutoring, but I think yeah. it's mostly been SATs, ACTs, and then there's like SSATs and ISEEs, which is oh for like gosh. private high school like, that the you know that the upper you know like the the Manhattanites who are going to like private school, you know, they do that, and um. But then I also tutor Spanish, um, which is like my Ooh. favorite thing to tutor. My mom, my mom is a, a Spanish teacher at the high school that I went to, and um, we have a big family in Argentina. And I just always loved um, Spanish. Like I studied it a lot and did a study abroad program in Spain in college. And um, so I love speaking Spanish. So my favorite thing to tutor is Spanish. But then sometimes, like a kid will be like, "What's the exact rule on the you know?" Plusquam perfecto. And I'm like, I know it, but I'm like, hey, mom, like, send me your PowerPoints on plusquam perfecto, you know? <laughs> send me your PowerPoints. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so I've done a lot of tutoring um, for, I've done it privately, I've done it for different various companies, you know, in in uh, New York City and Westchester. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I started doing that uh, right out of undergrad. Uh, and then I, I've, I literally, I did it all through, um, I've done it all throughout all of my Broadway shows. Um, I was yeah. still doing it, um, literally a month ago. Cause one, I was trying to stop once funny girl happened. And then <laughs> one of my students who I've been with for a long time and I really loved, love her, you know, she's great. She was like, I want to take the SAT one more time. Like, can, can we do a few Aww. more? And I was like, okay. So I would be like at, you know, understudy rehearsal for Fanny and then I'd be like running home to be like, okay, like let's, you know, go over our special triangles again, you know? Um, oh my God. That's, that's so, so sweet though. Yeah. So I still do it. And I think it's been, um, 
for me, that was, uh, it's just really a, a nice job just because it's very flexible. And, you know, if you, normally your auditions are, you know, in the daytime. I mean, back when people auditioned live. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but normally, you know, the days would be free. So that's when the kids are in school. So you're in the evenings, you're tutoring, you know, on the weekends you're tutoring. And then if something comes up and you have to, uh, you know, switch something around. People are usually like fine with rescheduling. Yeah, flexible. Not, yeah, it's not so. Um, you don't have like, you know, a shift that is you know a, a little trickier to cover for eight hours or something. And um, mm -hmm. so it's very flexible. And and uh, I liked working. You know, I just really like working one on one with students. And it was also easy. You know, I was doing on. Skype or FaceTime before the yeah. pandemic even sometimes because one-on-one -on -one tutoring I think works a lot better than remote school where you have like many mm. people um so yeah I mean I I always felt like it was really helpful to sort of use a different part of my brain than I was using you know in acting and you know it's like it's just logical and you know you're and you're sort of puzzle solving and I do think in a way that's kind of applicable to creativity where you're sort of like looking at things okay how can I solve this puzzle you know for sure and especially that you know I but I don't know if I can say that it really changed me as an actor except that um I don't know when I get an acting job I'm like well this is fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I don't have to talk about triangles today yeah exactly. <laughs> you know or the dangling modifier talk you know yeah yes. <laughs> the errant comma discussion <laughs> that's, that's so hilarious. good i love i think it's so important for our listeners and for everyone to hear that like you're still tutoring while you're on broadway because that's you know ultimately the life that we live it's a gig sometimes you have to yeah it's a gigging lifestyle you know and you you in a show you're in a show and and then you know you always you have to wonder, okay, well, what's my next show and how long, you know, how long does it last? I don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, if you're in Hamilton or Wicked. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> you're, you're good. Or you Phantom, know. you know, 35 yeah. years. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think there's always just the sense of like, well, you know, even those people, sometimes they, they, they sort of reach a point where they've been in a show for a while and they're like, you know, I, I want something new. And, you know, they just want to change it up. And so they don't re-sign a contract and they leave. And then you go, okay, well, I, I do, for me, feel just better having, some people do fine with like nothing scheduled, but I just think it's always helpful for me to have something on my schedule yeah. just to keep me, I have some place to be and somewhere to go. So otherwise I'll just sort of, I don't know. I like, I like, I like a little bit of structure to my structure. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, for sure. For sure. Especially after the pandemic of like kind of no structure. It's nice right. to like always know you have something going on. Okay. So do you have a survival job that was not so good that you have womp, like a womp. shocking story <laughs> from, or you're like, I will never, ever clean I... that bathroom again. <laughs> clean that bathroom. That's well, just the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. No, I, I was a hostess in a in a restaurant for a little while right after uh, college graduation, and um, you know, it 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 wasn't great. Um, it was it was um, 
It, you can I say it. It was the worst. <laughs> it, it wasn't the worst. Like, it could have been worse. But, you know, you're really not making – you're making, like, minimum wage or maybe slightly above, right? And you're not getting tipped as the hostess, you know? And And I remember, like, part of our job was, like, you had to carry, you know, people weren't allowed to be seated unless they were full parties, which, by the way, is one of my least favorite things at restaurants. I'm yeah. like, so, I'm so order an appetizer yeah. while I wait. Just please let me sit down. But so they would, you know, they, they, we'd have to make people wait at the bar or if their table wasn't ready. And they would order from the bar. And then it was our job to bring all of their cocktails over to their, as we led them to their table. And I have, like, the worst balance and just general motor oh, no. like i'm really not <laughs> you should not hand me this tray of glasses and i just remember this one time where there was like a party of like 10 people and they all had champagne flutes and and so i was i was stacking like 10 champagne flutes on this tray and i was trying to you know hold it down with as many fingers as i could but i uh, you know, tripped, or I like, I sort of lost the balance. And because champagne flutes are hard, you know, they're like tall and yeah, thin. Skinny, you know? Yeah, skinny. Yeah. I, I knocked the whole tray on this lady, <gasps> like her beautiful, like, coat was like covered in champagne. Oh, no. And like the, 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 the restaurant like paid for it to get cleaned. And I mean, I was like, I was so apologetic. You know, it was, um, it was so mortifying and and I just was like, you know, if it, my job was just to like take people to their seats, you know, it would have been one thing, but th that was too much for me holding all, I really have a lot of respect oh. for these, all of these servers, right? Who have like carry all these, I don't know how they do it. I have just, I guess <laughs> I was, maybe I would have gotten used to it if I did it longer, but I was bad at that and they weren't happy with me, but um, there was, you know, there were like three hostesses working on a new dinner shift there. And it was like a kind of a hoity toity place. And they were just yeah. so, they were so like, you know, you're not allowed to be in charge of anything. Like I couldn't choose where to seat, seat anyone. They were like, that was the maitre d's job, you know? And oh. so they just sort of treated you like, you know, you know, like you were kind of an idiot. And, and I just, you know, I just, I wouldn't want to treat anybody that way, you know? And right. they, they were just like, no, you don't know enough. Like to, and I was like, uh, to, to figure out like what section, what section they should sit in. Like, I know how many servers are and what yeah. they're, you know, like, how to keep things fair. And right. they wouldn't let me do that. And I just remember they handed out, they handed out, we would hand out like muffins at, at whenever people left, like to all Ooh. the ladies. Like they would be like a different muffin every month and it would be like, oh, where's that? Me. I want to go. No, I love muffins. I'd be like, excuse me, ma'am, like, would you like a muffin? And half the time they took, half the time they didn't. But I ate so many of those muffins like over the time I worked there because like yeah. they didn't, you know, they didn't feed us really. So, you know, that was oh the other thing. God. People would come in and they'd be like, what do you recommend on the on the menu? Like, do you recommend the, the, the this something with, you know, something fancy on it, or the this something with something else fancy on it? And I'd be like, I and I had never no tasted clue. any of it because they wouldn't feed <laughs> that to me. They wouldn't waste that on me. So I was like, oh, I would just be like, definitely the swordfish. I don't know, you know. I was, <laughs> I hate when restaurants do that. Like that like bothers me so much when they don't feed their staff. I'm like. 
how can you just not feed people who are hungry, who are working minimum wage? Like, yeah, it, it's baffling to me. It's yeah. literally, it, it literally makes me so angry. I'm like, come on, these people, because we were servers as well, me and Samantha. Um, and I was a host too, so I get your pain. Oh, yeah, um, Jason started <laughs> as a host. Hated it. <laughs> I will never go back. But I just like, I don't take care of your staff. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't cost that much money yeah. to feed. I was just going to say, the food people. costs are not. Yeah. Like super high, right. especially if you're like not in a like fine dining restaurant. Right. Yeah. Right. By the way, I, I also did that when I dropped, yeah. I dropped a whole tray on a woman once as well. So don't, <laughs> you are not alone. But like red wine, martinis, like a, a spread, a spread of drinks. A spread of drinks. <laughs> how how well, taste Yeah. I mean, I really don't, I don't understand. It's, it's a, it's a skill. It's like a real skill. It's a rite of passage to drop some drinks. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Except for I told the woman, I was like, we'll pay for the dry cleaning. And then the general manager was like, we don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that? It was a, we worked at a, a music venue. It was called the Highline Ballroom. Wow. So it was like trash. Sorry. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> no lies. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> And on to the next. Yeah. You want to take the next one, Sam? Oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. It's all right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm not paying attention to the word doc, Jason. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to just do this, put you in center stage. Um, so you are a Jewish woman. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel to be able to portray... Jewish women, and I, I know you've done it a few times, like in Fiddler, and now being Fanny, is that important to you? Do you enjoy doing those roles more? Is it, like, more special to you? Can you relate more? What does it feel like? Tell us everything. Well, <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's such an important conversation that we're having in casting now for all kinds of, you know, representation. So it, it's nice to be able to, to play roles of, of Jewish women, especially a real Jewish woman. I mean, I think that every project is sort of different in terms of like what is necessary for the cat, you know, for, for the casting. But, um, I think, um, particularly, I mean, Fiddler on the Roof was like so moving and meaningful to me because, um, I think, you know, I, I don't really remember a time when I didn't know that score I think I learned it in utero. Like it's, it's, it's part of the, I think the Jewish experience, yeah. you know, a Jewish American experience. Fiddler on the Roof is so meaningful. Um, For sure. To the community. So I think when people knew that I was doing Fiddler, it was just, and my family, like it was, it was just such a, a, a huge, um, it just felt like so important to be part of that legacy. And also it was the show that really got me in, into theater. I did, Fiddler on the Roof at the JCC in Bridgeport. And it was like, yes, like Bridgeport. First, you know, first part, really. I was Huddle and my dad was Red Morka, the innkeeper. My mom was a villager. Oh my my sister was a little Bielka. And like, I just oh went to the audition gosh. and they came with me to drive me. And then somehow we all ended up in the show. That's my dad so was <laughs> And he got the bug from that. And I got the bug from that. And really all that show started it all. So I think the fact that like, Fiddler, which means so much to the Jewish community. And I mean, it's so universal. It means a lot to lots of people. But um, 
that was really, really special. And, you know, to have my grandma come and be able to see me go on for, I, f I forget if it was Hava or Huddle, but like that just was so meaningful. And I know, you know, she passed away since, since, you know, before Funny Girl happened. And when the first thing when I told my mom that I got cast was like, you know, grandma would be so proud, you know, and it, she I, would. So that mm. is so That's meaningful. So it's yeah. just so meaningful. And, um, I, th I love now being a part of this legacy of Jewish women. And I think there's something very unique with Fanny and having done a lot of research into, you know, who the real Fanny Bryce was instead of sort of trying to base things on Barbara, who was obviously iconic. Um, but, you know, I think she, Fanny had a very Jewish, she was a Jewish comedian. That was her thing, you know? And so to be able to sort of tap into that old world Borscht Belt kind of humor and do a lot of that research and dig into her history. I mean, Fanny, Fanny's family is Hungarian Jews. Um, my my great grandfather, the Benko one, it was a mm -hmm. Hungarian Jew. So like, wow. it's totally possible that she was my cousin, you know? And, and yeah. oh my god, <laughs> like, you never, yeah. It's really cool to 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 get to be the one to tell that story and feel like. You know, when you're doing role, you know, some of the the very there's just a very she speaks Yiddish on stage, you know. She's like mm -hmm. you know, she's she's got a lot of um there's just a lot of uniquely Jewish qualities, like that it, it's nice to be able to to bring those out and feel like I I know that history because that's who my family is. Um but you know, I also I'm very happy to play roles that are not Jewish. So, you know, I, I, I also uh, would be totally thrilled to play, to play a role where, where, you know, a Jewish it's, identity is not the main right. point. Yeah. Know? Right, right, right. You just want to play a woman. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how special that you get to, you know, have these experiences that are relate so much to your family and that your family can come and like relate and like, oh my God, like we did Fiddler here and now you're doing Fiddler on Broadway. Yeah. Like that's yeah. amazing. That's the chills. I have this photo of my family like when I was 14, you know, and it's like, it's our holiday card and it's like season's greetings from Anna Tevka. And we're like all <laughs> in, we're all wearing the, you know, shmatas. And I love that. So good. Yeah, our I want to see that picture. Post it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I do just want to make a little sidebar and let everyone know that I was golden in high school. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can we get a preview? <laughs> you know what? I, there's like no video of it, unfortunately. Oh, man. I was mm. bad. Really bad. <laughs> really, re I was really bad. <laughs> At least you didn't die and then have to walk off the stage and during That's right. That's right. That's in heaven. That is, that is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Well, Julie, I want to transition a little bit okay. into uh your music and your short film. So you're a creator in other ways. And I and I love that about people, and especially like you, who can not just like be holding waiting for a, an opportunity from other people. Like you take your career into your own hands. So do you want to share a little bit about making your debut album? And then we can transition to like your film as well. Sure. Well, if actually, you have time, I don't want to like yeah, take up yeah. too much time. So um I think, you know, in this world and especially 
in the pandemic, obviously, you know, it was like we had time <laughs> to make things. And, yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> but um, no, I think nowadays, you know, the gatekeeping is it's it's different, right? And so you 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 don't need a studio executive to come say, I want to produce your album. Like you can self-produce. And and the yeah. first time, you know, my first album. 2017, I really didn't know where to begin, but my now now spouse, Jason, was like, um, he- Yes, had, what a good name. I know. <laughs> Shout name. out to Jason. All, all Jasons are the best. Oh, um, well. <laughs> you know, it means healer. It means, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you know oh, that. Um, that's an yeah. that. <laughs> Healer. Um, and I think that's very apt for Jason. He's very much a healer, but- um, Love that. He has, you know, he's a jazz musician. Um, and he teaches at Berkeley College of Music. Like he's he's very good. Um, but he, <laughs> um, he um, was like, you know, I can help you. I didn't I didn't gone through this the, the process before. But so you know, he was my music director, and we put together all these arrangements and put out this album. He walked me through the process. It's it's complicated, but it's doable. Um, and I I learned a lot. And then now actually, so then during the the pandemic like we were stuck at home you know with mm -hmm. basically each other as our sole collaborators and yeah. so we started doing this series like just from our living room called quarantunes and we would just have concerts like once a week and we would stream them on facebook we were very low tech like we did not have a cool <laughs> good setup at all but you know we would, tune in, we would pick like a different charity every week and we would we would play for tips and we would donate half our tips to a charity of the week or whatever and and uh we developed some sort of duo arrangements in that time. And, you know, some, in the beginning, we were really excited. We practiced a lot. And then by the end of it, we did it for like yeah. a year. And by the end of the year, we were like, well, we got quarantines. Like, what do we, guess we'll just <laughs> see what requests come in. <laughs> you know? um, but, uh, and then things got too busy and we had to stop. But in that time, we developed these uh, arrangements. And then, you know, we were like, Jason had said, I think we should make a duo album. And that was popping around you know sort of just sort of popping around in the in our ether and um and then we ended up deciding to do it because it was the pandemic and we had the time so yeah, we, ended the right up time. Going, we went into the studio in fall of 2021 and we recorded all these songs and then you know we also just we we're like oh well even though it's just duo like he plays piano i sing but mm. because we're in the studio we actually we can do sort of enhanced duo. So Jason um, played a bunch of different keyboards, laying layering things over. He played percussion. I played the flute and the clarinet um, uh, on a couple of tunes. Like I did some background vocals. Like we did, yes. we were able to sort of do sort of, uh, you know, enhanced duo record of some of these songs. And um, that album is coming out uh, August 26th. Yes. Uh, which uh it's called Hand in Hand, which is a mm -hmm. it's a yeah, I know. And it's got like a picture of us on the front that's like based on a picture from our wedding. It's like, <gasps> like cool, like make I know that. <laughs> um, I love sweet. that. And uh we, so that's coming out August 26th and then we're going to do our big um Birdland CD release concert on August 29th is the Monday. Um, since yes. it's my night off from the show, and uh, we're gonna actually have like a fuller band since we can't actually play do all you, the instruments that one and do the background vocals while you're doing yeah. your vocals. I don't think right. that's right. possible. Um, oh my god! So, yeah, 
and that's really exciting. Like that's, we're going to come out at the end of August. So it's like the summer's kind of about that. And yeah. Um, and so um, exciting. Yeah. So it's been really gratifying to like work on that project. And then like you mentioned on the, you know, I, I wrote this short film, which is, been on all these film festivals and I wrote I wrote a play and um that play I wrote this play over the pandemic and that play got was named a semi-finalist at the Eugene O'Neill National Playwrights Conference this yes, year yes girl um like I was not I feel like it's important for me to say that like before grad school basically mm-hmm. um I was very, except for the album which I think because I had Jason's guidance I felt a little more confident but mm-hmm. when it came to writing, I was like, well, I don't, you know, I tried. Yeah, how do you and, navigate this new thing? I tried and it was too hard and I couldn't come up with anything. So I just, I, what do I have to say? And there's so many people out there who are saying things so much more important, so much better than I could ever say. And I don't have anything new to add. And all of this, the normal stuff that I think people think when they try to write and then they don't. Yeah. Um, Those vampires in your head, like this, yeah. like, just stuck out the confidence in you yeah and i think i would also sit down and be like i'm gonna try and write a draft of a something and then like i wouldn't be able to do that because i can't do that i can't just sit down and pump out some people can just pump out a whole you know script in like two days and you know they sort of go into a weird manic phase and (laughs) turn out a first draft and it's like yeah i learned i don't work that way and so you know in grad school everything there was a lot of um there was a lot of emphasis in my grad program on making your own work, not just being an actor, but being able to produce a web series or a, or a, you know, a play or whatever it is that, it, you know, you can, you should trust your voice and, and put your voice out there. And if it's, you know, if nothing else, even if it's not for public consumption, it helps you as an actor to become just more creative and, you know, a, a better collaborator, see things from different perspectives. Um, so you're more useful in the room. And, um, yeah. So I started doing in the in grad school. I started this practice of like ten minutes a day. I would write yes. coffee, and if nothing came that day, that was okay. But I thought about it for ten minutes a day, whatever that project was, and and then um, that was sort of a meditative like morning ritual. Sometimes it lasted an hour or two hours, and sometimes it lasted ten minutes, and I didn't get very far. <laughs> but I knew yeah. that like I was new, like tomorrow is there. So if I don't if I don't get come up with anything today there's tomorrow, you know, but you have to show up and be patient and it takes patience. And, um, I just learned, I'm like a really slow writer, you know, it takes me a while. Same. (laughs) Same. You are not alone. Yeah. But can we watch the newlyweds guide to physical intimacy anywhere yet? Or is it still in the festival circuit? It's going to be in a festival in the fall in Mm -hmm. Boulder. Um, Mm. and then after that, I think it's like the Jewish Boulder Film Festival or something. Um, yeah. And then after that, I, I think I'll probably, it, it'll be public on online. But I, I'm, I'm not submitting it anymore to festivals. I think now it's sort of gone through the circuit. And, um, yeah. But it's, it's about to, um, it's about, it's based on a real book that I found. Um, so I've oh. done, I've done um, a, some work. Some So some of my tutoring, you know, uh, I do as volunteer, which I volunteer with this organization called Footsteps, which is, uh, it's a social services organization 
down it's down in the financial district um and they um mm -hmm. they provide services to people who are trying to leave the ultra orthodox community or are just even just starting to take steps into seeing if that's something they want to consider and um it's it's the only organization of its kind you know period yeah. and it's you know for people who don't know like the hasidic community um the ultra orthodox jewish community you know uh, a lot of the people who grow up in this community uh, don't get a basic secular education. So, you know, Yiddish is their first language. They might speak English okay, but they don't usually, like a lot of the people that I've worked with um, are working at, you know, they're adults and they're working at a math level of like second grade, third grade. Um, yeah. You know, basic multiplication is not happening. So, you know, it's it's um it's something that i think needs a lot more attention than it gets you know for sure yeah um but i've developed a lot of lovely relationships with some of my you know students there and uh i think it's a great organization if anybody wants to check it out i think they're always looking for more volunteers um or for money <laughs> they'll always yeah. <laughs> money to support their staff and and they do a lot of amazing amazing work um and while I was working on this short film, which was uh, for a class in my grad program, uh, I was like, I knew I wanted to do something about that. And I was about that community. And I was searching and searching uh, just for ideas. And then I found, you know, in that community, like if you saw Unorthodox, that Netflix show, you know, they sort of go into how mm -hmm. the wedding night, like a lot of people don't know what to expect. They're not taught the basic birds and the bees, you know, that's sex education. Yeah. It's completely... It's just not removed. Yeah, it's not yeah. taught. It's not taught, and uh, it's it's really a major issue. So, but so there's this. I found this book that was written by. It was co-written by a sex therapist and a rabbi, and it's written for people in the community to basically learn the basics of sexuality and and how it all how where babies come from and and what's normal and yes. how it's okay to like ask questions and you know a lot of people they get married and they just don't even know the basics so it's truly in this book which is called the newlyweds guide to physical intimacy there's like a little folder in the back where everything is just written in words in the book but in the in the back there are these like diagrams that are in this folder that are marked oh, wow. like that like you don't need to like you don't need to open this because some people would find it i think too shocking but they're literally just sketches like it's not nothing like pornographic provocative right? yeah, yeah i was gonna be like, nothing like too. <laughs> this is literally like what you have in your body and this yeah is what it happened you know and um they're like doodles and but they're like locked they're in this like little folder at the back that you can choose to open and look at if you're ready or not and i just thought like i had so much i was so inspired and so by by that book because i just thought wow like the fact that there are people, you know, in this community who see this as an issue and are not, they're really trying to tackle it in like a really responsible way to, to help people just enjoy their lives more, you know, and, yeah. and it doesn't mean they have to leave the community or do any, they don't have to feel like they're doing anything shameful, but the, it's, it's such a taboo topic that it, it, I was just like, this is so amazing, you know, so I, I wrote yeah. to the authors and I asked permission to use it in the film and they, they gave me their blessing. And then the, one wow. of the writers was like, can I have this to share, you know, with, with my community? And then I got, 
he sent it to Love this that. woman who runs a mikvah, which is a ritual bath. Um, it's like a ritual purifying bath um, house kind of thing that um, this woman who runs a mikvah in Jerusalem, she was like, can I use this to train young young brides-to-be? Like, it was like this, people were asking, wow. you know. So that, that was definitely more exciting than even the film festival stuff, you know, where you're like, people think this well, could be useful. Yeah, that's the power of art, right? You're like yeah. you're really like yeah. making a difference, you know, through your art. That's a that's wow, yeah. that's really amazing. Isn't that like what it's all for? Like at, yeah. ultimately, right? Yeah. Like yeah. to make a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. Especially wow, so coming it, from your oh I'm sorry, Sam. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just no, gonna I, say from your experience, right? Because we're always talking about like you know, diversity and inclusion, but like in some like your voice matters, your perspective matters, you know. That's and this is why it's the perfect example why. Know, bringing that part of your culture and your identity to the work that you create your art you know it's it's really i mean i'm ah i think it's amazing <laughs> it's interesting too because i'm not i obviously don't come from that world of like yeah very religious observant um you know jewish community but you know so in a way i'm also like not in it and i'm yeah. an observer too and so i have to be super careful about you know, I don't want to exoticize this, mm -hmm. this group or, you know, but I, I think, you know, after, after now having known and worked pretty closely with a number of people, like, I think that I at least am somewhat in a position to go, okay, we have enough of a shared history. And I, you know, I feel like I've seen, I'm trying to tell like a true human story that shows you know, that show that doesn't paint a whole group of people as one way or another. Exactly. You know? yeah. right. right. I was going to say before, uh, in conclusion, Julie is uh, a star in so many ways. You're like, I am on Broadway and then I also still tutor and then I just yes. like, you're Superwoman. <laughs> Let's just name this episode Superwoman yeah. in real life. <laughs> you're amazing you know it's so i love this show because we meet so many artists and so many people and know like surface about them and and obviously do our research before we come into an interview but always i'm always blown away and in awe of artists and humans so thank you for sharing all of that yeah. and congratulations you. for just killing everything Thank Film you. Game, killing it, and keep keep it going. Keep creating. Please, yeah. Yeah. Congrats. So we have one more question, and then we're okay. gonna play a super quick fun game. Oh, I always Lucky. like to bring. Oh, good. <laughs> good. This one's fun. I had fun uh, with this one. Um, I we'd like to bring it back to survival jobs at the end of the episode sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, if you had to go back to your least favorite survival job, which, from what you said, is hosting at that restaurant that muffin restaurant spilling <laughs> champagne on people if you had to go back to that job for the next 10 years mm. to then come out of that job and have your ultimate perfect artistic life whatever that looks like for you whether you're like on broadway winning tony awards mm. making a million movies making a million albums and just have the bliss perfect life as an artist would you do it uh. 10 years, a long time. I think I'm going to say no. I think I'm going to say no because I, yeah. I also think that perfect life is not a real thing. And, you know, right. in my experience, uh, anytime you get somewhere, you're like, 
you're thinking about you're still feeling like you haven't gotten there and you still feel like you're worried about the next. And so mm-hmm. I think I think I, I have a hard time imagining just going, yeah, like I made it, <laughs> you know, that that I would ever have that feeling. I mean, and I think I just yeah, I think that idea is not a real it's just I just don't think it's a real thing. Um, and I always I also think like, you know, you know what they say, like that it's in the journey, like the whole thing is in the journey. But it's true. Like I wouldn't yes. want to waste I wouldn't want to waste 10 years feeling like so at, at a place that made me feel really bad about myself. Yeah. You know, Thanks. when I know that I could do a different survival job or or, you know, that could support parts of my life that I enjoy because there's so many parts of my life that I enjoy that have nothing to do with with being, you know, an actor or a performer or a musician even, you know, like I just, I, I think that, um, no, I would rather just keep going, doing a variety of different things, keeping it interesting, keeping For it challenging. Sure. I, I, yeah, I, I guess that's my answer. I don't think, <laughs> I love that answer. I love that answer That's too. life so well-rounded and, and being able to like tap into many different things. I have to do a quick sidebar. Do you, do you guys watch Hacks? I haven't. I did. So you know how they say she has big hands. What's her name? I can't. I'm blanking. The, the <laughs> actress. Jean no, Smart keeps Smart. telling yeah. Hannah. I, oh, that's yeah, their yeah, real yeah. names. I don't know that that her hands are so big and I'm doing this interview and I'm watching my hands. I'm like, Oh my God, I also have giant hands. <laughs> you, you, I'm like, you doing things. They look, they look like normal no, size hands. You this have a normal hand. size hands. I have a giant <laughs> hand and I never realized. And I'm like talking in this interview and I'm looking at my hands. I'm like, Oh wow. I have a giant <laughs> hand. I get oh, just like hacks. <laughs> I'm Jesus, now like holding my hand up to my face. Like, how big is my hand compared to my hand? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm so dead. <laughs> you could take up like the piano or something. If you got nice big hands. Yeah. You can reach out I, I used to do music theory and then I was like, I got to get out of here. This is not working. My, <laughs> it's not working for my brain. <laughs> I, I hear you. I am married to a jazz musician and he's always like, Oh man, listen to that major seven sharp five eleven. Five eleven. You're like, sounds great, babe. Okay, I love it. Love that major seven. Five eleven. We go to like jazz clubs, and we hear like you know like these guys are playing, and then and they do something, and like all the jazz musicians around me, they go like, ooh, oh, and I'm like, they laugh. They're like, ha ha ha, and I'm like, I don't get, I don't get that. I don't get. You're like, ha ha ha. Like, yeah, that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my That's gosh, so this is so good. cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're like living La La Land, but with a happy ending. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so. Oh my god, you are living La La Land. <laughs> with a happy ending, cool. though. Yeah, we were very, very happy ending. La La Land. We were like, huh, have <gasps> they been? We should yeah. do like they are. <laughs> you're like, um, excuse me, this is actually Carla. Thank it's you so the much. Royalty check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, good. Can I ask one more question? I know, Sam, we I'm going out of order. I changed something, but you know I what? Have, really quickly, um, I want to ask because you, you are the understudy for mm-hmm. Fanny, and it just been like a lot of chat about 
the Tony Awards and like, you know, giving recognition to all these people like you who've been filling in on all these shows, especially this past year or so, right, during COVID. Do you like have any thoughts or did you want to share about that kind of talk that's been going around? Or do you have, I mean, I don't put you on the spot, obviously. But... Yeah, I mean, look, I have no um, sway. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I, I certainly think that celebrating swings and standbys and understudies and all the covers, alternates, everybody. I think, I think that would certainly be a, a, a very classy thing to do um, yeah. because I, I think, you know, they covers have shown that they've kept Broadway running and, you know, you know literally, if, literally, if, you know, I've seen in some shows where they go, you know, there, there's, you know, they call in somebody who was understudying years ago and they come yeah. in and they're doing a split track and they're, yeah. you know, surrounded by people who they don't even know because they haven't even been <laughs> in the show and they've had, they yeah. had 30 minutes of rehearsal to just check out the deck and, you know, they're wearing costumes that don't quite fit and, you know, and they're, they're trying to keep everybody safe. I mean, I think that's the other thing when you're a swing, you know, you're like the first time on or, or if it's been a while, like your primary, your primary objective is, okay, how do I stay in this formation or run through this crowd of, you know, revolutionaries or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like without, without hitting somebody in the head with a prop a or flag, yeah. getting to myself or, you know what I mean? You're trying to keep everybody safe and you're also trying to do a good performance. So, but, but I think first and foremost for everybody is, is, keep everybody safe in the performance mm -hmm. comes second right and so they're doing they're doing the job i mean and the way that swings think you know where they've got their everybody's got their own system but sometimes you cover what 13 tracks and then you're doing a split yeah. track of three people and you're surrounded <sighs> you know and, and and all the covers are in and the second cover who had no rehearsal and no and no costumes is on and i think i mean i just think any chance to celebrate that and after this year the way covers stepped in um, I just think would be great, you know? Yeah, like you said, y'all were the bedrock to this year. They could not have done this without every single person filling those roles in because it's been such a tumultuous year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, these... You know, luckily, like, Funny Girl hasn't had to cancel anything, which has been... Oh, wow. We have, we have a great testing system, I have to say. Um, oh, like, great. they PCR test us six days a week. <laughs> so it's, oh, uh, yeah. it's like, intense. Uh, so it, fe it feels very safe at work, you know. Um, I think, you know, it's it, – but some shows, it gets in there and, and then it gets around to everybody and, you know, they've had to, you know, cancel shows. You don't want – you don't want to have to do that. And, yeah, you know, the, the covers are who you rely on to keep that show from closing and um, until yeah, all girl, the Yeah, girl, shout out to you. So. <laughs> shout out to you, yeah. <laughs> yeah because you've, it seems like you've been going on a ton since we opened, I've gotten to go on a bit, yeah, and it's been it's been just a dream come true. Obviously, I mean it's it's so much fun, and it's a lot of you know it's there's fear and there's fun. Yeah, fear and fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, whatever. So I, I call it. And now I'm starting to call it like, oh, the fanny tummy is here. What's like my nervous <laughs> tummy? Sorry, I'm like, don't think I can do like, that. Don't know if I can handle yeah, it. In my Nervous tummy going. Oh. The fanny tummy. You got this. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congrats on literally everything. Thank you. <laughs> like that's a long you. list to congratulate you for. So 
You're a rock star. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing space with us and coming and and chatting and being vulnerable and telling yeah. us stories. It's been amazing. Oh, thanks for having me. Of it's course. so nice to hang out with yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Love- you know sure. what's so crazy is like in the little community, not little, giant artist community in New York, mm-hmm. the people we've gotten on so far in season two, we've had so many people from Connecticut. Yeah. Who else from Connecticut? Chris Cafaro. He was in Ben's Lan- Anna. Yeah, the lady. From Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe that's just it. I'm like, so many. Oh, Chris. Chris, Chris uh, Manuel. Manuel. Mm-hmm. He's in the Pretty Woman tour. Hey, we're a small state, so to have four <laughs> people. Yeah. Know, yeah. Nutmeg state, you know. Yeah. The nutmeg mm-hmm. state. The nutmeg state. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Hilarious. Yeah, but before you go, we would like to play a oh, quick yeah. game. We we always like to end the episodes with a game. And since it is Tony week and you are our Tony episode, we thought we'd play a silly, fun version of Would You Rather Tony edition. <laughs> okay. It's going to be really silly and fun. Okay. First one. Would you rather perform at the Tony Awards and not remember the dance moves or split your pants while on stage? <laughs> Oh, split my pants. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you rather wear a jean jacket to the Tony Awards like Francis McDermott or get called out by the host for using the bathroom during the show like Brian Cranston did by James Corden? <laughs> uh, I would rather, I guess, get called out for using the bathroom. But, like, I probably would have to use it. I, yeah. I very much better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you sure. rather? <laughs> would you rather perform on the Tonys five times as a leading lady, or win a Tony Award once? It's uh, hard. Oh boy, I'd right? rather perform five times. Um, yeah, I mean, because then that means you're doing five shows. Like, yeah. look how great your career is going. Yeah, <laughs> as the lead. Yeah. Right. Right. I love that. Would you rather go to the Tony Awards after parties and end up at the Carlisle at 4 a.m. or go home after and go to bed? Go home, for sure. 1,000%. <laughs> Perfect. Would you I'm, rather be yeah. drunk? Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, would you rather be drunk at the Tony after party and say something embarrassing to Joe Mantello or Bernie Tesley? Oh. Kelsey. Kelsey, sorry. Um, I can't read. That's like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... I guess I oh that's a hard one. That's a hard one, right? <laughs> Who would I rather embarrass myself in front of? I, yeah. Maybe Joe Neither. Mantello. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I feel like both of them have probably seen their fair share of embarrassing things. <laughs> that question is in there because I did it at the Carlisle to Joe Mantello. What did you do? An idiot? I don't know. Just like Joe. <laughs> Like, I had talked to him. My, my, our, my friend Robin was in Boys in the Band at the time. And so I, like, met him a few times. And I was just at the Carlisle at 2 a.m. after the Tonys. And I was like, oh, my God, Joe. Listen to what I, like, observed from the play. Like, he doesn't care about me or what I want to say. So that's why I was like, that's an interesting question. <laughs> but at least if it was, like, 4 a.m. at the Carlisle, like, probably he doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He listens to this now, and he's like, oh, that crazy girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
God, it was Samantha. Uh, yeah, no, I'm so dead. <laughs> yeah, Samantha from Survival Jobs. <laughs> okay, would canceled. you rather? Yeah, canceled. Always canceled. Would you rather? This is a dumb one. Sorry. Lose a Tony Award to Bernadette Peters or to Audra McDonald's? Oh my God. I, I mean, I'd be cool with either one. Yeah. Really. <laughs> right. I, one, oh, you're like to even like be in their presence. Even, like to, to be nominated alongside Bernadette Peters and Audrey McDonald. Like, please don't give me that Tony Award. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like, oh man. Oh my I guess, gosh. Yeah, I, I, know, I don't know. <laughs> Skip. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'm gonna say Audra. I'd rather lose to Audra. I'm gonna say that. You know what? Oh, I love it. You know. What? <laughs> she's, She's Audrey McDonald. Audrey McDonald. And yeah. also, I met her. I've never met Bernadette. And I met Audra, and she was super nice. And um, oh. and so I, I pick her for that reason, because she was super nice. I was working on Les Mis with Will Swenson, and he was like, you should meet Audra sometime. And I was like, no, okay. No, no. And he was like, yeah, yeah, she's really nice. I was like, are you? No, she, she's nice? Like, he's, they're like married. He's like, yeah, she's, she's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So I got to meet her at backstage at Les Mis, and I was like, oh, I love that. You're love like, that hello. You. <laughs> yeah. You're like basking in her glow. Like, oh. Yeah, I, love her, I love her too, though. So, you know, I don't know shade. I think it's just two queens. Literally. Literally. Uh, okay. We have three more. We'll go really quick. Would you rather trip up the stairs when accepting your Tony Award or cry so hard that you never say anything up there? <laughs> I'd rather. Trip up the stairs like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Also a queen. Okay. Would you rather arrive at the Tony Awards on a year you're nominated with 20 of your closest friends and family on a pop-in party bus or quietly in an Uber with your plus one? Mm -hmm. Oh, I go with my friends and family. How fun. How fun. My I mom was just would like... be my mom would be really hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> my mom would have such a blast. She'd like, be checking the guest list. Like, yeah, have like a big bus and also like view it from the bus. Like make your own little viewing party. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. Yeah, right. That is really fun. Okay, last one. Would you rather accidentally announce the wrong winner when presenting a Tony Award or present a Tony Award to your mortal enemy? Well, that's a good one, Samantha. That is, that is a good one. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Adele Dazim. <laughs> I guess I'd rather. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd rather mispronounce the word. <laughs> yeah. Or like present. Also, Man. I was thinking like presenting like La La Land in yeah, the bed, no. and instead of Moonlight, you know? I, feel, I, feel, I mean, gosh, I feel like answering that makes me like reveal that I'm a terrible person. So I'm like, no, I. <laughs> No, I think. Oh, we're by all. the way, not a terrible person. There's terrible yeah. people. They're not working to make the enemy like my. <laughs> yeah, my enemy. not working. You're not a terrible person. There's other terrible people in the world that make themselves our enemies. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Facts. Hashtag facts. Hashtag. I loved that game. That was fun. It was fun. That was a great, great. one, Samantha. That was all Samantha. That was amazing. Stop gassing me up. Stop <laughs> gassing me up, Jay. Oh, now we gotta just... gas up Julie one more time. Can you tell <laughs> tell everybody where to find you on social media, where to find your work? Yes, tell us all the good things. Great, you can 
go to my website, juliebanco.com. There's always, like, you know, updates there about, you know, my concerts, my CDs coming out. Um, I think pre-orders for the CD will start in the next maybe few weeks, but I don't have that link yes. yet. Yes. Um, and I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, at Juju Julie B. So it's J-U-J-U-J-U-L-I-E-B-E-E. E, so it's like the juju b can oh yeah um, yeah uh, and uh so i'm that on twitter and instagram and tw- tiktok now this is a new thing for me i've gotten kind of obsessed with the tiktok your tiktoks uh, are great and we need a lesson actually if you don't mind really yeah, can you get a tiktok I, I consultant like, <laughs> we need to get on, I'm on there i'm like Every time I'm on there, I'm like, this 12-year-old has so much more, like, uh, knowledge and skill with this app than I do. I'm like, I'm like, I'll just film me for three seconds being like, hey, guys. Uh, so, but it's my new sort of obsession is the TikTok. So, I love uh, it. But, yeah, you can find me there. And, uh, uh, you know, for the mean, in the meantime, you know, I, you can always – I'll be at the August Wilson Theater if you, you know. Yes. Find me in person at the August Wilson. Yeah. Yes. yes. I love that. Jason, you want to drop ours? Yes, you can follow our show, Survival Jobs, a podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at Survival Jobs Pod and on Facebook at Survival Jobs, a podcast. And I am Jason A. Coons on all the and, social medias. And I am Sammy Tuts on all the social medias. Yay! Happy Tonys, everyone. Julie, you are an icon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I'm going to just throw a quick, spontaneous, fun thing, Jason. For the first listener who DMs us about this episode, we will send you a copy of Julie's new CD when it's out. Yes. Love it. There we go. My mom is (laughs) boom. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be your dad, so Steve. <laughs> I love that. Yay. Thank you so much. You are amazing. Thank you. Oh, yeah. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Yay! Break all the legs. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.